Doc Watson was one of the greatest folk, blues, bluegrass, and traditional guitar players ever to strum the strings. His playing was multifaceted, and he could coax any sound he needed to from the guitar, be it a speedy flat-picking tune, a slow bluesy number, or a traditional folk ballad. On today's show, we're going to dig into his guitar style, and you're going to come away with nine lessons from this guitar icon. Hey TAC family, welcome to episode 221 of the Acoustic Tuesday Show. This show is designed to infuse your guitar journey with fun, focus, progress, and inspiration on a weekly basis. Today we'll be looking at some small wins from you Acoustic Tuesday viewers. You're also going to get a sneak peek at what the TAC family is working on today. And it just so happens to be a blues lick that is extremely fun to play. I cannot wait to show it to you. And of course, your weekly dose of acoustic news awaits. And it's all about guitar builders. With a heartwarming, musical-infused wrap-up. But first, let's learn from the guitar greatness of Doc Watson. Before we begin, I want to make it clear that this is not a lesson on how to play a Doc Watson song note for note. Rather, this is a look at his approach to the guitar. We're going to be analyzing some Doc-isms so that you can apply them to your own playing, to the songs that you are working on, so you can kind of give a nod to one of the acoustic guitar greats. With that being said, let's dig into the lessons. Doc Watson, lesson number one, milk each note. One of the things that Doc was so good at was taking a basic melody and not changing it, but literally milking each note. I'm going to break down the melody to a song called Mountain Dew. In fact, in just a little bit, you're going to hear Doc play this song and hear the exact technique that I'm about to show you. But first, let's establish a baseline of the melody. The basic Mountain Dew melody sounds like this. Not very exciting and kind of nursery rhyme-ish. But what, what Doc would do is he'd take those same notes and repeat them to create a sense of rhythmic drive, to create a sense of urgency and some interest in the melody. Again, not introducing any new notes. So here's how Doc would approach this same melody. So again, he's not introducing any new notes. He's simply driving home the notes of the melody that already exist. Here's Doc doing it on the song Mountain Dew. Doc Watson, lesson number two, one is good, two is better. And I'm referring to double stops here, and you actually just heard a sneak peek of it towards the tail end of that break. Oftentimes, Doc would use double stops to dress up the melody, to thicken the melody, if you will, especially if Doc was playing solo. Now, we're going to use the song Mountain Dew as an example here, but Doc used this all throughout his catalog. In fact, if you listen to any Doc song, chances are during a break, there would be a double stop somewhere in that. He really leaned on them to kind of fill the space, especially when he was playing solo. So the specific spot in Mountain Dew that I'm targeting is when he was on that G string going from the A note to the B note. Now that's how you'd play it in single notes, but Doc chose to do this. Which is the same notes, but he's adding those double stops. All a double stop is is playing two strings at a time. Again, it sounded like this. 
right? It's just a great way to thicken up the melody. Here's Doc in action using those double stops. Doc Watson, lesson number three, what goes up must come down. And I'm referring to the G run here. And if you don't know what the G run is, let me just quickly play it for you so you can kind of have some context and have this in your ear so you know what I'm talking about. Here's the basic bluegrass G run. And Doc would use the G run just like that. In fact, most bluegrass guitar players would use the G run just like that. Here's a sample of Doc playing the G run as an ending to a phrase. Come back again, you'll find a full of good old mountain You might be thinking, big whoop, so Doc used the G run. Every bluegrass guitar player used the G run. But Doc had a unique approach to the G run because he would use it in an ascending fashion and then quickly follow it up in a descending pattern. That would sound like this. Right, so he would use that on the way up, the ascending portion. add that little tag, that descending portion, to bring him back to the G chord. He would also add another twist, and you're about to hear this again in the song Mountain Dew, but I want to show it to you first. Instead of just using single notes, he would actually double up the notes and integrate a kind of honky-tonk rhythm. Now, I'm going to isolate this rhythm away from bluegrass so you can kind of hear it. I'm going to use a basic kind of blues bass line so you can hear this, this honky-tonk reference that I'm speaking about. Here's what, here's what that would sound like. Right, you've heard that before, and Doc would use that approach with the G-run, both ascending and descending. Here's how that would sound with the G-run. Kind of a cool way to beef up the G-run, and where I've heard Doc use this before is in between vocal phrases, where he's ending one phrase and very quickly going to the next. And again, we're going to lean on the song Mountain Dew for an example. Here it is. Doc Watson, lesson number four, lead your listener. Now, specifically, I'm talking about quarter note bass walks that took a full measure that would lead you to the next chord. Don't worry, I'm gonna break it down for you. Let's look at moving from a G to a D. Now, you could just change chords. And that's fine, it's fine, it's in rhythm, it sounds great. But Doc would add a bass walk that would lead the listener and his fellow musicians to the next chord. Here's what that would sound like. And I said in, at the beginning that it takes a full measure. Let me go ahead and count with it so you can kind of place it in uh, the musical timeline. Here's how that would sound. One, two, three, four, one. So that's one, two, three, four, right? That's a full measure. And this is not just isolated to the G to D transition. You could do this really to any chord. You could do it to a C chord. One, two, three, four, one. You could do it back to a G chord. Um, one, two, three, four, one. 
right? It's just taking that full measure and using the bass notes to lead you to the next chord. Here's a quick example of Doc changing from a G to a D using that bass walk. Come back again, you'll find a joke full of good old Mountain Dew. Doc Watson, lesson number five, dynamic bass. And we're talking finger picking here. Doc Watson was a great flat picker. He was also an awesome finger picker. And he had great control over his dynamics, specifically on the bass end. In fact, we're gonna look at a clip here from Doc playing the song, Make Me a Pallet on Your Floor. And you're gonna notice that what he does is he goes from a full finger picking pattern that sounds full and lush to just breaking it down to the bass and being very dynamic, adding some, some softness to the song to make room for the vocal. Now, before we look at the clip, let me show you what he's doing. He's going from a basic C finger picking pattern that would sound like this. Right, very full, you've got the treble strings in there. And what he's doing is he's knocking it down to just the bass and then he palm mutes the bass. And here's how that would sound. Right, and, and it sounds weird out of context, but here's Doc playing the song. Again, coming from a full finger-picked chord to just that dynamic bass, and just target how it makes room for the vocal. The way I've been sleeping, my back and shoulders tired. The way I've been sleeping, my back and shoulders tired. Well, the way I've Doc Watson, lesson number six, add dissonance. Doc was a master at this. Whether he was taking a solo break or simply changing from one chord to another, Doc would add dissonance to make things interesting. Now, let me show you an example of what I'm talking about. I'm gonna change from an F chord to a C chord. And in between, on the transition, I'm gonna add a little dissonant passage. And you're gonna notice at first, you're gonna feel a little uncomfortable. But then when I arrive at the new chord, all of that discomfort is relieved. Here's how that would sound. So that's a classic addition of dissonance. In fact, we're gonna look at a clip where Doc plays that exact thing to great effect during the song, Make Me a Pallet on Your Floor. But I wanna just zoom out for a second because everything that I've taught you thus far is well, kind of a Doc-ism. And that being the case, you can use that while you play Doc Watson songs, of course, but I want you to take these techniques and try and add them to your own playing. So you can kind of give a little nod to Doc while you're playing your own songs. So here's an example of how you can adapt that to other chord changes. I'm gonna take that same idea of adding dissonance. In the case of the Doc example, I'm using an E flat against an E note. It's really uncomfortable. Not something you'd wanna play, but used as a transition, sounds awesome. So again, E flat against an E. I'm gonna change from a D chord to a G, and I'm gonna play a B flat against a B. Again, played alone, not awesome sounding, but used as a transition, it's quite effective. Here's how that would sound.
So now that you get a little bit of the inner workings behind that dissonance, let's go ahead and watch Doc do it. And don't you let my good girl catch you here. Hey, don't you let my good girl catch you here. Okay, I actually have uh, three more lessons from Doc Watson that I want to share with you. And while these aren't things that you play on the guitar, these are certainly applicable to your guitar journey. And well, I guess life in general. So let me go ahead and share those with you. Doc Watson lesson number seven, humor. Yes, add humor to your guitar playing, add humor to your guitar performances. Now, this could be from notes that you actually select to play that conjure up a laugh from maybe the audience or somebody you're playing guitar with, but more specifically, it has to do with Doc Watson always seeming to have a joke at the ready. And I found a great example of this. Doc Watson played the show Blue Sky Bluegrass, and in between songs, he was very free with the joke telling. Here's one example. Um, there was um, four, three old boys died, and they decided uh, uh, they didn't want to go to the other place, so they went up to heaven. And they got up there, and they got to talking. And one old boy says, hey, he said, how did you leave the good old earth? And he says, well, you know, he says, I was going down the highway one night and going home from work, and I was pretty tired, and I guess I looked off at the wrong time and hit a big old semi, and next thing I know, I was on my way in the gate. He said, I really am glad to be here. The other old boy says, well, now, I had a bad heart attack. I was working too hard, I guess. He said, that's how I got here tonight. And the third fellow that was sitting there listening to all the conversation, he looked kind of sheepish, like, you know, he, he looked like he was guilty or something. And they oughtn't to be there. But they hadn't asked him no questions. And all at once, one of the boys turned around and said, well, by the way, how'd you get here? He says, well, you know, I, I got here on the kind of Cena's trouble. He says, now, wait a minute. He said, they ain't never heard tell of that. He said, there's sinus trouble. No, he says, that ain't it. He said, I was with another man's wife and he seen her. <laughs> Doc Watson, lesson number eight, all styles welcome. First and foremost, this was evident in how he approached the guitar. He flat picked, he finger picked, he strummed, he played the blues. He really embraced all styles, but it also went beyond the guitar. He played the harmonica, and he also played the banjo. In fact, he was a hell of a banjo player. Here's a sample. Now, of all the lessons you've heard today, this one I'm about to share with you is the most important. Doc Watson, lesson number nine, pick it like you pick it. I'll say it one more time. Pick it like you pick it. Now, I was watching the Doc Watson performance on Blue Sky Bluegrass. It was a show recorded in 1981, and he was introducing the song, Make Me a Pallet on Your Floor. In fact, you're about to see this. And he says, you know, I learned the song from Mississippi John Hurt. And then right before he starts playing the song, he says, I can't pick it like him. I pick it like me. And he goes in to play the song. I think it's such a cool moment. And just that single quote speaks volumes about how Doc approached the guitar and how I think all of us guitar players should approach the guitar. So let's go ahead and hear it right from Doc. You know, I bet we have some folks here in the audience as well as I know we got some folks looking in on us that have a... Uh, probably met, and I know some of you have met him, and well, a lot of you have heard the late John Hurt's music. I learned a song from Brother John one time back in the 60s called Make Me Down a Pallet on Your Floor. That's just a fine, good old song. And before we get any further down in the show, I better tell you who this man is over here on the bass. 
Memphis and Nashville, Tennessee, and they call him D. Michael Coleman. Let's make him welcome, would you? Good friend of mine. Now, Doc Watson, as usual, he uh, kind of picks like he picks, you know. I don't try to copy John's music on this. I just sort of pick it like I pick it. That was seriously fun. I hope you enjoyed that. And if you did, let me know in the comments below. And while you're at it, if there's another artist that you'd like to take an in-depth look at their guitar style, go ahead and mention them in the comments as well. I think this very well could be an ongoing theme for Acoustic Tuesday here in 2022. Don't put your guitar away quite yet. We're about to take a look at what Guitar Lick the TAC family is working on today. See, every day within Tony's Acoustic Challenge, we rotate through one of the five essential categories of guitar improvement. On Mondays, it's a technique challenge. Tuesdays, a guitar lick challenge. Wednesdays, an improvisation challenge. Thursdays, a rhythm guitar challenge. And Fridays, a chord transition challenge. It is Tuesday. Tuesday is guitar lick day. And here's what the TAC family is working on. Your Tuesday Tack Guitar Lick Challenge this week is entitled Fast Forward to honor the days of VHS tapes. Yes, indeed. In fact, all of the challenges this week within Tack honor the VHS era in one way, shape, or form. You've got, you've got Be Kind, Rewind, you've got Fast Forward, you've got Blockbuster. There's a couple of other ones thrown in there as well. But most importantly, the musical theme this week within TAC is playing adjacent strings fingerstyle, meaning playing sets of three strings that are right next to one another with your thumb, index, and middle finger. I think the common misconception is if you're playing fingerstyle, it's gotta be incredibly complicated and all over the place. That's just not the case. You can use three fingers on strings right next to one another to still get wonderful sounds out of your instrument. And I think this lick is a great example. Let me go ahead and play it for you. And then a little bit later on, I'm gonna show you a couple different uses and modifications of this lick to really make it super bluesy. Here's how it sounds. You can hear the dissonance there, and that's part of the, that's really one of the key characteristics of this lick. And that's something we're really gonna drive home when I show you the modifications. And for those of you wanting to learn this note for note, TAC fam, all you have to do is sign in. This is your daily challenge. Go ahead and click start challenge. That'll take you right to the teaching video. Once you get it under your fingers, you can then move to the play along video. Pick a speed that's comfortable for you. Click that tab icon in the lower right hand corner. That'll allow you to pull the video up right next to the tab. So you can have both things right there and you can really drive this lick home. Get it under your fingers and make it a, a useful part of your guitar playing. Speaking of making it a useful part of your guitar playing, how do you actually use this? Well, it's actually a great kickoff to any blues song in the key of E. Let me show you how it sits as a kickoff so you can kind of place it musically. Here's how that sounds. So as you can tell, it's a great way to kind of dissonantly kick off a song. I don't even know if that's a word, dissonantly. It's a great way to use dissonance to catch the listener's ear and kick off a blues song. In fact, speaking of dissonance, that's where we get into the modification of the lick. I'm gonna go ahead and use this lick in a way that repeats just the first portion. 
We're gonna play a basic finger style blues pattern, again, using adjacent strings, strings that are right next to one another. And I'm gonna use this lick, and I'm gonna use that dissonant portion, this, this part right here. The part that's a little unsettling. I'm gonna use that repeatedly to make it really unsettling and then resolve it with a basic blues progression. Here's how that would sound. You actually got a couple different looks at it there. I used that, this portion here, to really drive home the dissonance, and then I used that, the ending portion of the lick as I played it before, as kind of a way to get back to the shuffle. It works great as an ending as well. If you wanna use it that way, all you have to do is, well, finish the lick and don't go back into any chord progression whatsoever. It's a great little descending blues lick, and I think, I think the real standout characteristic of it, as I mentioned before, is dissonance. Something that is a little, a little bit uncomfortable to the ear, but then it resolves. And that's kind of a, um, I guess it's a characteristic of the blues in general, but certainly of this particular lick. I want to mention something uh, right before we get back to the show, and that's as you know, as you and that is as you sit down to play the guitar, you might be trying something new. Uh, in this case, maybe fingerstyle's brand new to you. That's a great thing. Maybe it's something that you never thought you would do, and maybe you've kind of stayed away from it and been hesitant to try it because you feel like, gosh maybe I'm not good enough to try that style. Maybe I haven't played long enough to try that. I would, I would like you, I would encourage you to remove that thought process from your head, if you can, and think of it more as uh, an opportunity to immerse yourself in something new. Something that, gosh, might be a little bit scary and you might not get it right on the first try, especially if it's new, and that's completely okay. One of the things that immersion does in your guitar journey, it holds great power in your progress. The more you immerse yourself in things that are new to you, things that stretch your boundaries, things that push you into, push you out of your comfort zone, the better guitar player you will be. Immersion is an incredibly powerful thing. And one of the parallels I'd like to draw is learning a foreign language in a class and then learning a foreign language being in the country of that native language or being in the being in the country that that language is spoken that's immersion just kind of jumping in and learning things on the fly when i was in high school i took spanish and i could say very proper things in spanish when i was in high school and i actually went to cancun much later and quickly realized that the spanish i had learned in school was really hard to use when I was immersed in the culture and in the language, I was picking up things so much faster. That same concept applies to your guitar playing. Maybe a, a, a far stretch when it comes to the parallel I drew with language, but I think some things will resonate with you. And I think you'll notice the more you immerse yourself in guitar techniques, things that you want to learn, things that you hope to learn, the quicker they will come. Back on episode 219, I had asked for your best small win of the last year. 
and the comments absolutely blew up. And I wanna feature some of those small wins right now. I wanna take a moment to celebrate. I wanna take a moment to cultivate some of that positive momentum that we can all carry with us throughout 2022. Just to show you that true progress does happen. True progress does happen with consistency. And upon reflecting on the last year, it's quite evident that many of you Acoustic Tuesday viewers achieved a ton of progress. Okay, let's dig into those comments. The first one comes from Johnny Darko, and he says this, my 2021 small win, read the book Zen Guitar, and anchored my practice time with my morning cup of coffee. Haven't missed a day of practice since, and practicing has become a lifestyle instead of a chore. That book has completely changed my relationship with music, and I can't recommend it enough. Cheers to a great 2022, fam. Uh, Johnny, thank you so much for your comment. That's a fantastic book, and it just goes to show that consistency is key. Those small chunks of time really add up, and playing guitar becomes less of a conscious choice and more of, as you said, a lifestyle. It's just something that you, well, you do after, in your case, your morning cup of coffee. Okay, our next comment comes from Patrick Ball. Our next win comes from Patrick Ball, and he says this, checking in with this year's biggest small win, and here it is. Every morning before going to work, I get the guitar in my hands if only for five to 10 minutes. The win is my flexibility and agility up and down the neck of the guitar discovering new versions of chords by ear, and learning how to pick out a melody with a designated scale. This has been revolutionary for me. Thanks for the support, Happy New Year, TAC family. And I think that's an incredible small win and a great way to wrap up uh, this small win report. I have a feeling I'm gonna do this a couple more times here in 2022. It's always fun to look back and say, you know what? Progress does happen. And even more important, to take the time to celebrate it. I've mentioned this before, but as guitar players, we're always focused on the next thing, what we're going to learn, how much better we should be, you know, how much how much more guitar playing we wanna get in. But it's, it's really important. Yeah, it's important to set those goals and to strive to be your best. It's also equally important to stop, take a breath, look back and say, it's time for me to celebrate some progress because it is happening. Pack your bags, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to go to the Great White North. Good day, welcome to the Great White North uh, Canadian Corner. I'm Bob McKenzie, this is my brother Doug. How's it going, eh? Yes, indeed. Uh, thanks, Bob and Doug McKenzie, for that fine introduction. We're heading north of the border to visit Richard W., who resides in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Maybe he's a Jets fan, I don't know. The Jets are doing kind of okay. They got a new head coach. Anyways, we'll save the hockey talk for later. Uh, Richard is from Winnipeg, Manitoba, and here's what's in his guitar snow. From left to right, behind me on the couch. Number one, a Godin Fifth Avenue Kingpin from 2018. Next, a Seagull, Art, a Seagull Artist Mosaic from 2017. Next, a Taylor 314 CE from 2020. And finally, a Kala Ukulele KAT from 2019. He says, hmm, a bit of a trend here? Well, Richard, I did notice a trend. It seems as though since 2017, you've been getting one new guitar a year. And I have to say, I hope in the last few weeks of 2021, 
just to stay consistent, I hope you got yourself a new instrument. And here we are on a fresh year, 2022, and that opens the doors for you to get yet another guitar. Pretty awesome stuff. Richard goes on to say this. My parents bought me the Kent when I was about 10. Oh, I forgot to mention, the guitar he's holding is a circa 1962 Kent nylon string. And here's the story behind that. My parents bought me the Kent when I was about 10. I played for a year and that was it. However, while my playing did not continue, the Kent survived somehow many moves and is still with me some 60 years later. I picked up the guitar again in 2017. Guess it was just meant to be. I have been with TAC just over a year now and I am loving it. Thank you, Tony, for introducing me to a whole new world of music, specifically bluegrass. So awesome, Richard. I hope today's episode of the show was right up your alley, talking about Doc Watson and some bluegrass techniques that you can use in your own playing. And uh, more importantly, just how cool. What an awesome guitar snow, a great story, and um, so cool that you held on to that guitar. Now, if you're sitting at home thinking, I've got a cool story, I've got a cool guitar snow, I just so happen to have a guitar snow shirt as well. It's time to get featured on the Acoustic Tuesday show. Yes, I'm talking to you. And let me bring on my um, my lovely, smart, witty, and uh, um, slightly kooky assistant to tell you how you can get featured. I wanna to propose to you a win-win-win scenario. I wanna feature you on the Acoustic Tuesday show. Yes, I wanna feature you and your guitar snow, or you and your Acoustic Tuesday merchandise. Step number one, go to tonypolacastro.com forward slash shop. Once you're there, pick out your favorite guitar snow shirt, your favorite Acoustic Tuesday merchandise, get it shipped directly to your door. Step number two, once your merchandise arrives, go ahead and put it on and take a picture of yourself, either just wearing Acoustic Tuesday merchandise, or if you have a guitar signal shirt, take a picture in front of all of your guitars. And then once you're done with that, step number three is to upload your picture at tonypolacastro.com forward slash shop. There's a link right on that page. Click it, you can upload your photo, and boom, you'll be featured in the Acoustic Tuesday show. Win number one, you get featured in the Acoustic Tuesday show. Win number two, you get some cool snazzy Guitar Geek merchandise. Win number three, the biggest win of them all, all proceeds from the TonyPolacastro.com forward slash shop are being donated to Guitars for Vets. You get featured in the show, you get cool new shirts, cool new merchandise, and you help out Guitars for Vets. Win, win, win. Okay, back to the show. It's time for your weekly dose of acoustic news you can use. And I've got a ton on deck, so let's waste no time. Have you ever heard of blind guitars? Well, I hadn't either up until last week when I was surfing the internet and I found that the North American guitar just started carrying blind guitars. Now, these guitars are built in France by Virgil Pilon, and I hope I said that correctly. Um, and he's building these guitars as an homage to uh, the bluesmen and the guitars that they played in the 20s and 30s. These guitars are striking because not only do they reach back and take from the golden era of the 20s and 30s, there's a lot of modern enhancements as well. The guitar that caught my eye was the model B26, the Blind Guitars model B26. And I wanna go ahead and have you listen to it because I think you'll see why I thought it was captivating.
huge guitar geek thanks to the North American Guitar for turning me on to those instruments. And you absolutely have to check out the video that Lindsay from the North American Guitar did specifically on blind guitars. It goes into a little bit of the history and you get to hear the two models that they recently had in stock. Okay, next up on my news list is some awesome news from Iris Guitars. Have you ever heard Leo Kotke? Yeah, chances are you probably have. If you haven't, you gotta check them out. But nonetheless, let me go to the actual news story. Uh, Leo Kotke and Mike Gordon actually just visited Iris Guitars to check out some of the models. Uh, the Facebook post, or rather the Instagram post said this. Thank you to Leo Kotke and Mike Gordon for stopping by and giving some Iris Guitars and Fairbanks Guitars a whirl. Very cool stuff. Whenever you have an acoustic guitar luminary walk through the doors of your guitar shop, and try out the guitars you made, that's gotta feel absolutely incredible. But check this out, it gets better. Leo Kotke purchased an Iris guitar because he was so enthralled with the one that he played at the shop. Here's what this post had to say. Quote, I've been searching for that sound since high school. I can't stop thinking about it. End quote, Leo Kotke. Here's the rest of the story. Leo called us today to tell us that he wants to buy the Iris DF that he played on Monday. A hell of a way to start your vacation. Bring it on 2022. Okay, two more news stories for you. And I've got to include these. We might even go over time, but you know what? I don't care. I don't care right now because these next two stories are so important. These next two news stories show how absolutely powerful music is. And just for a second, before we get into these stories, I want you to think about the first band that you fell in love with. The first time music hit you in such a way that it was so powerful, you didn't even know what to do with yourself. It might've even brought you to tears, or it might've got you so excited about the this new world that you just opened up. Just take a moment and remember back to that first band, that first song, that first moment that the music kind of just took hold of you and was a force to be reckoned with. And if you feel like it, let me know what that song or band was in the comments below. Well, I found evidence of this in the most pure way. I found the most pure evidence of this. Two kids that are so excited about music that you just have to see it. This first one is Trey Hensley and his daughter singing a Christmas song, Noel. And even before, I think it's Emmeline, I think that's his daughter's name. Even before Emmeline starts singing with Trey, you can see this smile of anticipation, this, this, this wonderful, pure, unadulterated excitement that she's experiencing because she's just sitting there singing and, 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 and making songs with her dad, you know, ma making music with her dad. It's so cool. And I just, I feel like this is the best evidence where you can actually see that emotion, that excitement that music brings. Here it is. Noel, 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 
whether you're a fan of this artist or not, you need to see this because it proves the effect that music has on people, okay? Machine Gun Kelly, love him, hate him, I don't care. I particularly love him. I love his music. Whitney and I went and saw him at Red Rocks. It was so cool, but that's not the point here. Machine Gun Kelly surprised a 10-year-old fan on her birthday. And he proceeds to sing happy birthday to her and her face, her reaction, she is in such disbelief and she's, she's in tears. How old are you turning? 10. You're turning 10? Okay, so I got the birthday invite. I actually have to go out of the country tomorrow, but since I can't be there, can I, uh, can I sing something for you instead? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you, Chevelle. Yeah. Happy 10th birthday, Chevelle. Thank you for rocking with me and being down with my music. I really do appreciate that. And that memory you made with me on stage will stick with me forever. So I really am very appreciative of you. I also, before I go, did get you a birthday present. So um, could, could, could you guys bring in the birthday present? Something for you to hold on to from me. <laughs> it's my signature guitar, so. You can hang it up or you can learn to play it or whatever you want, but that's, that's my thank you for your life. You're welcome. <laughs> and on those heartwarming notes, I think it's a great time to wrap up the Acoustic Tuesday show for today. But first, let's take a sneak peek into next week. Next week, I'll be sharing with you my five favorite models from one of my favorite guitar makers. A guitar maker that flies under the radar. What's the guitar maker? Larive. Next week's show will contain my five favorite Larive's ever made. Yes, that's happening next week on Acoustic Tuesday. Remember, you can catch Acoustic Tuesday every single Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time right here on YouTube. I wanna thank you so much for joining me today. And before I let you go, I do wanna remind you of one thing. Your guitar success, however you define it, is directly related to your guitar routine. So please invest the time in developing your guitar routine and make sure to have fun every single day that you play. Thanks again for joining me today. Thank you for being a guitar geek and I'll see you next Tuesday on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Be nice and play guitar. Guitar Geeks Unite. Cheers.